0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. My special guest today is best selling author Catherine Schwarzenegger. And we're going to talk to Catherine a little bit about her latest book, Maverick and Me and uh, the uh, wonderful children's book and illustrations behind that and the story and the history behind that as well. And we'll also talk to Catherine a little bit about her writing styles because she is a best-selling author and blogger, so I want to talk to her a little bit about that as well. So it's going to be a fun and exciting show. Uh, We're really excited to have Catherine on board with us today. So everybody, just hang tight. We're going to come back right after these commercial breaks. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio.
1: Let's talk pets on petliferadio.com.
0: Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Joining me now is the New York Times best-selling author. She's a lifestyle blogger, philanthropist, animal activist. She does it all. It's Catherine Schwarzenegger. Catherine, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Now, tell us a little bit about the latest book, because this is a little bit of departure from what you've done, but it's got a great story, great history, and some great lessons. Uh, The latest book is called Maverick and Me, and it's a children's book, wonderfully illustrated. So, tell us a little bit about the book and how it came about.
2: So, it's my first children's book, so it's been a really fun process, and I wanted to write it because I've always been a huge animal lover, and and I had, you know, a couple of years ago started fostering some dogs for a local rescue in Los Angeles and it was just such an incredible experience and I ended up having what they call a foster failure because I ended up keeping my dog Maverick and um just having him and just seeing kids' reactions to him and the idea that you could get a dog that came with a story was so interesting to me. So I wanted to write the book to teach kids all about animal rescue and dog rescue. So when the time comes for them to get their first pet. They might uh,
0: encourage their parents to take them to a shelter. There you go. I love that. Well, you're amongst friends here, many foster failures, as we'll call them here. Uh, Mark and I at Life Radio, obviously, is uh, heavily involved in rescue, and and I'm a former president of a rescue organization here in the uh, Atlanta area. So uh, I know all about that and the wonderful fostering programs. The book Maverick and Me, now Maverick is your dog. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that because you've intertwined the real life experiences, sort of how Maverick came into your life, into actually the the children's book with a, uh, a different character in there.
2: Yeah. I mean, all of my books so far have come from just real life experience and things that I'm passionate about. So this one isn't any different. It you know came from me obviously getting my dog Maverick, but also just having real life experience with seeing kids um, respond. To learning about animal rescue and just getting really excited about it and thought that it was so cool. So I remember getting my first dog and it being such a big and memorable moment for me. So I just wanted to be able to teach kids about the process and teach them that there are so many amazing animals that need homes that are in shelters. So you know, wanting them to explore that. So I, I changed it a little bit in the sense that I didn't obviously get my dog Maverick when I was a child, but just wanting to keep obviously the look of him the same and then some of the story of how I got him the same because, you know, it did come from real life experience and, you know, just wanting to cater it towards kids and towards a certain age group and, and make it work for them. So I, I think I did that, but, you know, I, I love hearing kids' reactions to it and things like
1: that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you did a wonderful job with it. I love the book. I love the story, obviously. When you talk about using this as a tool to sort of get children introduced to uh, possible adoption of dogs and getting them involved, how are you and Maverick doing that today? What kind of programs are you guys involved in or what? how do you uh, go out and get the message allow people to enjoy Maverick?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm an ambassador for the ASPCA, so I do a lot of work with the ASPCA and we were in New York last week and had a really great and big event there and they were just actually bringing some dogs they had gotten from Perky and Harvey, so I do a lot of different things. For them, and it's not only just dog focus, it's animal focus, which I love doing because, you know, we've gone to the Capitol in uh, California and we've, you know, talked about different things that we would like to try and get past in our state. So I love being able to, you know, do work for various animals and then also to just be able to talk about and work with an organization that is so aligned with my beliefs in general. So that's a very happy relationship for me. And, you know, we just try and talk about whenever anybody asks me about Maverick, we just try and talk about his story and talk about how you can help animals, because a lot of people want to know if, you know, they can't necessarily adopt a dog, how they can get involved and help. So we talk a lot about that, and, and that was a big part of why I decided to write the book and have the letter to the parents in the beginning of the book, because I thought it was really important to know that just because you can't adopt a dog, that doesn't mean that you can't help animals. And there are various different ways, whether it's donating supplies or your time for fostering an animal to help those in need. So so yeah, it's been it's been great.
0: Yeah, and being a former president of a rescue organization myself, and uh, every speaking event, media tour, book writing event, whatever, I try to bring a rescue group along with me to give them uh, great exposure and hopefully uh, get some donations through the door as well. But you highlight on that a little little bit because often I know when we were approached or when I was approached at the rescue, people just assume that the only thing they could get involved in was maybe playing with the animals or you know adopting one themselves or cleaning up after them, which is very important. We need that. But there are a lot of other ways for people to get involved and allow their talents and their skills to come through to help a rescue or shelter.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there are a lot of misconceptions, as I'm sure you know, about animal rescue um, and uh, not thinking that you could get a cute puppy or a cuddly one or hypoallergenic. And there are so many amazing organizations that specialize in certain breeds so they can help people find just what works for them and for their family. So I think it's also important for people to just be aware of the misconceptions that there are and knowing that there are so many different options and avenues to go down when deciding to get a dog whenever that time is right for you.
0: Yeah, and that's a very good point, Catherine, because not only are there ways to get involved, you know, if you're uh, a web host specialist, an IT specialist, or you're uh, you know a, an electrician, things of this sort, those are needed at shelters and rescues, etc. But also as you just mentioned the the breeds I, I think people do still even though the message has gotten better and gotten a lot clearer there's more people out there letting people know that there are you know purebred dogs that uh you can find that you can adopt that are either in rescues or shelters or breed specific uh organizations
2: yeah definitely i mean i've had you know plenty of people say they need a hypoallergenic dog or they want a german shepherd or they want you know certain specific breeds that they think will be great for their family and that's totally great and okay but there are so many great organizations that work in specific areas to find just what you're looking for so they can work for you in your specific situation or your household needs or your family so there are a lot of options when coming to get a dog.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I'll put you to the test here, Catherine. People ask me this all the time, so I want to get your take on it. They say, how do you pick out the best dog for me and my family? Do you give them any advice on uh, types and breeds or uh, lifestyles, or is it pretty much like Maverick? It just shows up and stills your heart and you're done.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that that happens for a lot of people, which I, I think is great, but for some people that doesn't happen and that's totally okay. So I always tell people, number one, to do their research because having a dog or a pet is a full-time responsibility and it's a big commitment. So, making sure that you're able to give the proper care and time and energy to a dog is really important before even thinking about getting one. <laughs> uh, you know, a much bigger responsibility than I thought it would be and it's amazing, but definitely a bigger one than I had expected. So, that's number one. Number two, I would say to foster before you make the Commitment to actually adopt a dog officially. I think fostering is so great not only for the people who decide to foster but also for the animals because it helps get them out of shelter and make room for others. And it's also a great way for people to figure out if they're ready for a dog, number one, and also like what kind of dog they. And work with. So can they get a big dog Does their apartment or their house, allow for more of a small dog, a certain breed, you know, you can kind of test the waters about making a uh, official commitment, which I think calms a lot of people down. So that's another thing. And then lastly, I would say just take your time because there are so many incredible dogs and cats that are available for adoption and taking your time to look around and make sure that you choose the one that's right for you. Again, I did not expect to keep Maverick at all. I was not looking to get a dog or thinking that I was in a position to get a dog at all. So he just happened and he came along and I couldn't let go of him. So he was something that just kind of happened on accident, which was a great accident. But I would tell people that when they're looking for a dog, that they should definitely take their time and look around, go to different organizations, different shelters to make sure you find the one that's perfect for you and for your family.
0: There you go. I think that's very sage advice because it is sort of that catch-22 when I get asked that question as well because I'm a a firm believer that the right and perfect animal is going to find you. One way or another, You're, it's going to show up at your doorstep. A friend's going to have one that needs you know you to take care of them. Uh, you walk into a grocery store and there happens to be an adoption event next door. Whatever it is, it's the right and perfect one's going to find you. But if you don't know the right and perfect one or what would be great for you and your family, that you know, getting involved with rescue organizations, fostering is a fantastic way to do that. You can see if uh, you find one that you know fits the needs of you and your lifestyle and your family's lifestyle, and and still your heart like maverick did exactly there you go all right well, we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to come back with uh, best-selling author Catherine schwarzenegger and I want to talk to Catherine a little bit about her writing in general and blogging her writing style so we'll pick her brain from the professional here so everybody hang tight you're listening to animal rights on pet life radio
1: sit stay we'll be right back after a short pause well four to be exact. Konica, the German shepherd that I rescued, it was stinky, skinny, and scrawny, full of skin rashes and scratching. And I started feeding Kanika Dynavite, and he became such a happier, itch-free, stink-free dog that I dug deeper into the website. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot oh. com. What if, in addition to Dynavite, we do the raw beef and the egg diet and see what happens? Forget all these 50-pound bags, the formulated, extruded, processed cereal bits that cost a ton of money anyways. This dog's as close to a wolf as you can get. They're carnivores. With just the raw meat and the eggs and the Dynavite and Super Omega on top of it, it just balances out his body and his mind and his spirit. It's it's unbelievable. <coughs> Hey, if you're thinking about rescuing a dog, you got to start them out on Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com.
0: Unleashing the power of your pets. Pet power. (laughs) Talk radio with bites. We're Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network. Let's talk pets. Welcome back! Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio, and uh, continue our conversation with New York Times bestselling author Catherine Schwarzenegger, and talking a little bit about her latest book, "Maverick and Me." A wonderful story to uh, teach kids about adopting animals and how to find that right and perfect pet for their uh, for their lifestyle and for their family. So now, Catherine, I know that you're a best-selling author. You are a lifestyle blogger, so you do a lot of writing. A lot of things are passionate, and as you said before, things that you have a history of. You know, it's that's been part of your life. Tell us a little bit about how you go about your writing, as far as what excites you. Is it something that is a hot topic at a given moment, or something you've had a burning desire to write about? Tell us about writing in general, what it means to you, and how do you go about uh, getting your message out there?
2: Yeah, so. I uh, briefly said this before, but I just have become very passionate about all three books that I've written. So for me, writing about the different topics is something that's been a really exciting and fun process for me and really enjoyable. So I feel very lucky and blessed to be able to have that experience that I've had so far because they've all been topics that I just get very fired up and passionate about. So whether that's body image or advice for recent college graduates or, you know, right now talking about animal rescue, those are all topics that I firsthand experienced and that I really was passionate about and wanted to write about and thought would be beneficial projects for people and both young adults and really anyone of any age. So my process of writing is, has been different for every project. And when I write for my website, I try and do most of my work in the morning because my dog Maverick wakes me up pretty early to take <laughs> him on a walk. So I like to do <laughs> I like to do a lot of my work on the earlier side and I just think that my ideas are fresh and I can work in a, you know, a clear way. So, that's kind of how I like to do a lot of it and I try not to get too distracted and if I feel that I am getting distracted, I just kind of like to take a break and take my dog on a walk or play with him outside. So, I have a, being able to be a writer, whether that's for books or for a website or whatever it is, is a really amazing because you can really do it from anywhere. And I feel really lucky to be able to do that. So being able to do it here in Los Angeles or when I'm traveling in New York, but I would say the majority of the kind of great things that I write about are all things that I'm just really passionate about and, and really excited to be writing about.
0: So the style of writing, obviously, you're an early bird and uh, getting things done. I wished I had that kind of uh, motivation. I'm more of a, oh, wow, we're week till deadline. Let's get <laughs> let's get it going type oh, yeah. thing. yeah.
2: i never... I don't know why I've never been able to do that. And I think it's honestly because my parents growing up, both of my parents were always really big on waking up really early and and doing things ahead of time and being just overall really prepared. So I kind of grew up with that mentality. And and now when I try and sleep in, I'm 27 and most of my friends will sleep in on the weekend and I'm always waking up at like 7 or 8 in the morning. And I always have this, like, overarching guilt whenever I try and sleep in. So I would say that my parents, the way they decided to, to raise me definitely worked because I, in turn, cannot sleep in for the life of me. So.
0: <laughs> well, I like how you phrased out. that. Yeah, I like how you phrased that, how they raised you, that it worked, you know, instead of blaming the parents for that.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I think that they, that's just how we've, we've all been raised that way in our family and I would say that it works, especially for the, you know, the job that I chose to go into to be able to, you know, get things done early and not procrastinate. It definitely is a good thing for, um, For the avenue I decided to go
0: down. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, writing about getting up early, getting it done, writing about what's passionate. How is that different from book to book? Because you're talking about a a broad range of topics here, and writing a a nonfiction book is much different than writing a, a children's illustrated book.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they've all been totally different experiences. Honestly, like even my first two books were completely different experiences. Both of them had I had totally different experiences with, and obviously having a children's book is again very different. I actually thought that doing a children's book was going to be easier Mm -hmm. than um, doing my you know my first two books, since they were more they were you know more adult and and had a lot of text in them. But it actually turned out (laughs) to not be the case because doing this children's book has been an incredible experience and I've learned so much but it definitely is a lot more work than I thought it would be in the best way possible just because you want to make sure that kids will enjoy the book and that you want to make sure it's a something that not only kids will enjoy but they'll be able to learn from. So, And I also, it's fun when you're able to do a children's book because you start thinking about all the children's books that you read when you were a kid Mm -hmm. and what you remember still to this day and at 27 to be able to go back and think about all the books that my parents read to me at bedtime was really Really fun, and to see what I still remembered and what stuck with me. So I want to hopefully be able to have the same response to this book.
0: So, uh, so did you have a favorite children's book that still uh, is embedded into your life today?
2: Funny, I, I, mean, I was actually just thinking about this last week. I have my kind of top three favorite children's books when I was little were definitely I'll Love You Forever, which if I read now, I will hysterically cry. Ah. Um, and The Rainbow Fish, which I think just being an animal lover my whole life, I always loved the book and also loved the message behind it. And obviously, Good Night, Moon, I thought was oh, a great yes. book and great to read as a kid. So so I hope that this book, Maverick, and me has a similar
0: response. Yeah, they will be, be in that top four. I love what you just said there. I mean, it was very to the point because I, I think a lot of people think that, wow, I, you know, I can write a short story and I could turn it into a children's book. Uh, I know how to draw, so maybe I can do some illustrations. But it is night, night and day because you can come up with the best illustrations, you can come up with the best story and put it together, but does it really pass the children's test? So with this book, did you pre it several times in front of a, uh, a small statured audience to make sure they got the message?
2: No, I actually just read it to a lot of kids that I know. I have a bunch of younger cousins and... You know, I read it to them to see how they would react to the story, and then I also showed them a lot of the illustrations. Once I kind of narrowed it down, and I'm really happy that I was able to work with Phyllis Harris because I think she's such an incredible illustrator, and I'm really happy with how the whole book turned out and how the illustrations turned out and everything. So I definitely like to run things by people. My mom's also done a couple of children's books, so I like being able to get her advice as well and just see again what works, what doesn't work, and it's definitely a learning process. But It's uh, a great learning process because you just are able to open your eyes to a whole different world and audience and and kind of get back into your childish ways, so it's fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a great book. I want everybody to go out and pick up a copy of it. It's uh, Catherine Schwarzenegger's Maverick and Me, illustrated by Phyllis Harris. Wonderful illustrations there, as you had said, Catherine. Catherine, where can people find the book? Where can they find you, track you, and, and maybe meet you in person and get a signature on their favorite book? (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
2: so the book is now in stores as of uh, one week ago, exactly today. So it's available in stores, in uh, local bookstores and Barnes & Noble. And then online, it's on Amazon.com and online at Barnes & Noble. And there are signed copies that are available online as well, which is a website called navandme.com. And I think just if you follow along on social media, you can be able to see different things that we're doing around and and hopefully you'll be able to be in some of the cities that we're going to to come to various events which are majority of the time filled with puppies that are available for adoption so for me it's really fun i get to every single tv thing that i've done or event that i've done i've just had puppies in my arms the entire time so i'm very nervous i'm going to go home with one at some point but but for people to come and attend the events is really fun because they get to just interact with puppies the entire time so works out well
0: Absolutely. So we'll get the message out on that. Definitely follow uh, Catherine on uh, social media and we'll uh, post mavandme.com. Uh, pick up a copy of the book. Go out and see her. Go out to one of the events. Fall in love with one of these puppies. And yeah, I'm with you. Uh, not only do I do uh, uh, events and bring on rescue organizations and have all these wonderful animals with me because, A, I love the animals and want to help out the organization. But B, if I really stink, hey, the animals are going to take the show anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Once again, everybody, pick up a copy of the book. It's Catherine Schwarzenegger's Maverick and Me, illustrated by Phyllis Harris. Catherine, congratulations on a great book and continued success, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you again somewhere down the road.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. If you have any questions for us, please email us, and we'll be glad to answer your questions and bring on the people you want to hear most. And who knows? You know, if you've written a book, a blog about a book, written an article, whatever it may be, get the message out there, and who knows? You may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Everybody have a great day. Let's Talk Pets